Guess what, kids? Socialism has become fashionable again. Hit it. We were originally supposed to be going somewhere, taking a trip this weekend, but a few things came up. But before that, I am T. Anthony, and this is standing right next to me, the one, the only... The kid, a.k.a. Elizabeth. Thank you. It is Elizabeth, that's right. It is her. It is the teenager. And you are listening to the White Beard and TK podcasts. Thank you for stopping by. I'm glad I'm listening that you're listening, that I'm listening, to know you're listening. No, we're in your ears. That's what I was going to say. Or I'm listening or you're in, you're in your car. You're still in your ears. Did, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I started out. It was wonderful. I, I began. It was working well. And then my, my brain and my tongue was not working well. I just said it, didn't I? Yes. Every week. I don't know why I waste the time with you. So, before I get back to why what happened during the weekend, I must tell you that you smell that? I smell it good, right? Yes. Yes. No. Do you smell? You know what? I'm not talking to The rest of you, take a deep breath. Go. Smell that. Smell that coming through. <laughs> smell a vision. Smell that coming through your ears. It is the sweet smell of. You know what? Let's do this. This this <laughs> this podcast is coming to you from the sweet smelling smell from the sweet scent. The good gracious. The sweet smelling scent. There you go. The sweet. Wait. I gotta get. I gotta get my radio voice. <clears throat> This podcast is uh, being fueled by the sweet-smelling scent of the American beard oil from... Who did I get this from? This is from uh, Live Bearded, and it has... What's in this scent? It is cedar. Vetiver. Yeah, and bergamot, which is basically... A fancy name for a different type of orange. So can you smell it? Because it's smelling good. I'm smelling good. I'm smelling good. It smells so good. No, this is not a paid anything, but I just happened to put this on before we started the broadcast. So there we go. That is what it is. Stop moving. What are you doing? I'm breathing. Okay, so here's what happened. I wanted to go down to Valley Forge this weekend. And hike down there and obviously take a nice um, a nice tour of the National Park, the historic, sorry, the historic National Park, because there's a difference, as I was telling you, between historic parks, sorry, national parks and historic national parks. And so I wanted to start doing that as we were saying earlier um, in a few, few uh, shows before, is that we've been doing the 52 challenge, hiking challenge for a while now. 
And as we're coming to the end of that, I think we got about maybe eight more to go. It took us two years, and when we finish that, then we're gonna come back and we're gonna tell you why it took so long and what was going on. But as we're ending that, I am thinking about doing new and other things as far as our outdoor adventures go, which has consistently been changing over the years, from just camping to traveling, going different places to different concerts, to then adding hiking to it. So then we were hiking and traveling, and now we kind of found the bridge of where the new word we have learned that people do this, the traveling by your car is called? Overlanding. Can you, what, what is that? What is, overlanding. Overlanding. Yeah, overlanding, you know, travel and camping. So that's kind of that. Um, I don't think we'll ever be into the, we're gonna do the technical drive and make the car rock crawl, anything like that. Cause I still, enjoy actually hiking. So it's probably going to be all three things that we've been doing, just on steroids. Mm -hmm. And on the budget that we have, which is little money, very little bit of money. And so, um, but we were off to go do certain things, but we've had no elevators. Welcome to the life in the PJs. Uh, two weeks in a row. The first week it was down for three days, and then last week it was down for two days, so we were stuck needing to go shopping and do a few other things before we packed some stuff in the car and drove about two and a half hours away. And then, unfortunately, my uh, son-in-law uh, got into an accident. It was between him on his bike and a car. Not, not like, a, like a bike, like a bicycle. Oh. I thought he was on a bicycle. No. No? What was he on? He was on I'm his... not sure if it's a, a Vespa or an actual motorcycle. I think it might have been an actual motorcycle. But yeah. Something Ooh. motorized. Ow, okay. And apparently it was like total. Now it makes sense. I thought maybe he was on his bike bike. I saw the helmet when we left out the house. It was all scratched up. Yeah. Now it makes sense when Imani said, because I said, well, um, was he wearing a helmet? And she said, yeah, it would have been better if he'd been wearing his, his jacket. I'm sitting there going, why would he be wearing a jacket to ride a bike in the summer? Duh, I do know that he did have a couple of Vespers that he inherited from his dad. And then I did see a motorcycle inside the park. And run. And you know what? I never put two and two together to make eight. Four. It is what I say it is. It's four. It is what I it's say it is four. going to be. It is just like the whole thing about Stone Stoop. It Stone, stone Stoop. Stone Stoop. Come stone on, soup. man. Stone Soup. Stone Soup. Stone Soup. So um, that also delayed just a few things because we went over there to see if we can help because they're also supposed to be getting a new vehicle for their family. So it was a lot happening this weekend. And so then we spent... Yesterday, just going food shopping, only to wake up this morning to find out one of the elevators is not working again. So we couldn't exactly finish what we're gonna to do today. And I'm waiting for a couple of shipments to come in. And eventually I'm going to, well, we'll talk about a few upgrades I'm thinking about doing with the podcast. Um, we'll figure that out along the way, because again, we'll work on a budget of zero. Zero dollars and zero, zero cents. Zero ducats, zero moolah, zero donuts. No, donuts will be a week out. We got donuts. 
We got, what is it, glazed donuts? When we say we have zip, we have zero, we have donuts, are we talking old-fashioned donuts? Yeah, because old-fashioned is just plain. I have plain nothing. I have plain, but I, w I would like, like glaze. I, like, I, I don't have zero plus glaze. I guess zero plus glaze would be like, like savings. Yes, but, yeah, but I would feel better if it was no. a glazed no. donut. No, as a matter of fact, the donut is not even cooked. That's just sad. <laughs> I feel sad now. I feel sad like that little purple thing in that movie you had me she's watch last purple, night. She's not purple, she's blue. Well, she's blue, I don't really care. She was annoying. Sadness from inside out. <sighs> she had a character development. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. She was depressing. She got better. She was... Sure, she got better. I suffered through, so next Sunday's family night movie, I get to pick. Okay. Thank you. There's going to be something where things blow up. That's not really a family movie. It will be. There just won't be any blood. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so did we finish what happened this weekend? So that's what happened this weekend. And then um, we... I was trying to get a couple of shows recorded all at one time, so a lot of things have just been a little backed up, including my brain and my bowels. Wait. What? What? <laughs> what did you say? That was nasty. What did I say? What did you say? Why would you say I such a say thing? That. I didn't this say is that. a family no, show. I didn't Why say would that. you say that? No. See? No, I'm putting you in the closet. Let's go. <laughs> no, stop. Let's but go. I have to talk. No. <laughs> get out. All the way. Come on. Can we close the door? <laughs> move so here we are so a lot of things have been it's it's just like so now I'm kind of scrambling um which makes this episode this week's episode a little hard to to formulate together because even when I begin to do this I had an idea in mind but as I started to do a little bit more deeper thinking and research I could not find a way to redeem this subject this week. At any rate, so the idea was I was sitting down while we were doing something. Um, we had recorded an episode with, with the kids. And then I was sitting down thinking about nursery rhymes and children's books, as I've alluded to the last week. And I thought about it, you know, some of the lessons that we learn as kids and we don't think about or something and things that we're reading to kids and two stories came out to me, my favorite. So I said, I'm going to look at that and we're going to review that and let's just talk about it. It's probably pretty darn cool. So my two favorites, well, my favorite story I used to read to the kids was um, Stone Suit and the Three Pigs and of course I like Goldilocks and the Three Bears and as the children probably do not remember. I screwed their brains up so that when they read the books now to their children, it's never going to be the same. Because I told the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears where some little kid, you know, who was kind of homeless or something, broke into this house of these three bears and ate their food, broke up the chair, slept in the bed, and had the audacity to be there when they got home. She was tired. I don't care if she was tired because she'd done a whole lot. Lawbreaker. But I did have fun retelling the stories to the kids. So 
Anyway, that wasn't what was going on here. I was just looking at, you know, are there deeper meanings? Could there be a deeper meaning or what happened? So I had no idea what was going to happen until it happened. So this week is Stone Soup. Um, you watched the videos, right? Are you, how many videos did you watch me? Two. Okay, so you saw two of them. I read the story to them when they were kids. And if you're not familiar with Stone Soup, Stone Soup is, as I have found, is a Hungarian story. A Hungarian, um, is it fable? No, it's not, it's not the word is not fable. It's, it's like a fable. It's a Hungarian folk, folk tale about a traveler or travelers. Because as I started going into this, trying to find the story itself, it comes up in different versions of the people telling it. And one version, rewritten and retold by somebody else, the people inside the story were of multicolors, lacking the Caucasian color, except for the one person. And another one, it was an old woman with a young guy, and he swindled her out of all her stuff. And then another one was, it was being told about two guys who came into the town. Am I right? Yes. Okay. But what is the story about? Since you've seen it, what is the story? Tell me, or briefly tell what the story is. Uh, so basically, whatever story that you're reading, this person comes into town or comes to this person's house with um, a stone or without a stone, and they pick one up later. But anyway, there's a stone. And they're going, huh, I could make this really good soup for you since, you know, you don't have any food. And I'll make it for you and with this stone. So the person's like, okay, you know, whatever. I'd like to see you try. And so they do, they put the stone in the water and they're like, well, it would taste better with like a carrot or something else. And it just keeps going until the pot is full. And um, then they eat the soup together and then the person leaves. But in one of the stories, the person took the stone. <laughs> You're still disturbed by that, aren't you? Yes. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you have it in a giant nutshell, but not a nutshell. It is about a traveler who's coming to town and this person is hungry. I said this person, it's a guy. So it's this traveler coming to town, he's hungry, or in some stories, as we said, there are two travelers coming into town. Now they start by knocking on the door and in one story, the person goes, I have nothing to eat. There's no food here. That's what I I'm don't doing. care, I won't share, there's no food here. Right, That's the that was like the third type of the story, right? That was another one. I don't care, I won't share, I have nothing. Don't the old lady says she has no food and then by the time we end with the story, um, she had everything. She had carrots, onions, barley, Potato, salt, pepper. Potato, everything. Beef bones. I don't know where she got the, what was it, the tasty beef bones? Yeah. It was, no, it was and she juicy. put some juicy, juicy. Wait, no. wait, wait, let me do it. Wait, wait. <clears throat> juicy. Juicy. Can I, can I disown juicy, you? Is that possible? Juicy beef bones. 
So we're sitting there going, where'd she get the beef bones from? She ain't had nothing but chickens in the yard. So I was like, really? Um, so, so we're looking at this whole thing. And as I was reading it, I'm not reading it. Um, as I thought about reading it, you know, with the kids, it has always been about teaching children how to share. And, you know, um, that's, that's one, that's one aspect of it is teaching, sharing and being able to work together. So it's sharing and cooperative, cooperative work, um, to get people together. So that's, that's a nice lesson to teach children about how to work together and not to be selfish. And, you know, in one, one, one town, uh, basically I think in a Hungarian, an original Hungarian thing, the people were poor, and so they couldn't really feed the guy, and so he devised a plan to get some food anyway, and then the entire town ate. And one of the stories, it was the people did have some stuff, but they didn't want to share. Um, so it's this, the story is basically the same. So here are the lessons that are being taught is about working together and sharing, which is good. That's on the surface. But let's dig a little deeper. Because my twisted mind would like to dig a little deeper. Well, one way we can look at it is that homeboy was a swindler. He came in and he uh, he cheated people. You say no? No. Did he have any money? No. Did he have any food? No. Did he have a pot to pee in? No. Okay. But, Did he have any fruit? But he but, made sure that everyone got fed at the uh, end. Well, that's at the end. Even when at he, the story where the guy took the stone, he still made sure that the old lady had soup too. They ate the entire pot together. But that's the end. But when he rolled into town, did he have anything? No. Thank you. Thank you. Take that. Take that with a baseball bat. Stop me before I keep going. Stop. No. Stop. No. Okay, so, um, right. So he comes into town with nothing. Picks up a stone and say, hey, people, um, I'm a little bit hungry. But, see, I say there's a little bit of swindle and dishonesty in him because he doesn't tell them, um, I don't have anything, y'all got the food. So, you know, he gets the people to bring food in and make the pot of soup. Where I end up with him not being a con man in this story is the fact that, yes, he could have had everybody put this food together, correct? Yeah. He could have called all his neighbors. Like, we could knock on all the doors in his hallway and say, excuse me, do you have any salt? Yes. Um, do you have any eggs? Yes. Do you have any rice? Yes. I go all the way down the hallway and I got me a whole meal just set up for me to eat. And then go to the next neighbor, the last neighbor, and say, do you have a pot? And I make all this food, and then I eat. Yeah. I don't think the people that much and come back. But that's not where I was going with that. That was a bad example of what I was going to say, which was he could have had them put all together in this giant pot, then take the pot and bounce. But he did not. So basically, he got people to work together, and then they all ate the food, yeah. which is awesome. Right? Yes. That's awesome, right? Yes. That's like cool, right? 
That's stop, like, stop, that stop, is what please, is up, my man. This please, is what's stop. going on, homie. No. Why are you pushing on me? Don't push. Don't push. You're bullying me. You're bullying me. Yes, so, I admit to that. So that is the surface. But then, I investigated. I put on my Sherlock Holmes hat and dug a little deeper. Now, by the time I'm done with this, few of you are going to be gone. That's just gone too far. You've gone too far. It's a stretch. Too I hope. I hope you stretch before you took that reach. I hope I stretch before I took that reach. Yeah. Don't do that again. I don't know I where you got that from. I do. Well, don't. They do call me salad because I be dressing. <laughs> Why? Why are you here right now next to me? <laughs> just to torment me? <laughs> Why? So. That was the surface. So then I dug a little deeper as to really what are we teaching our children? And I didn't want to find what I just, I had an idea of it, but I was thinking of what else can we go with this? How can I pull us out? But I went deeper and deeper and I couldn't get out of this. Listen very close, come real close, stick the thing, the AirPod, the AirPods, whatever the, the heck ear, you got, your right boat, against the speaker. Right against the speaker. Push it in if it's sliding out, if you're working out. What is it called when everybody gets together and they put all their stuff in one pot and everybody equally gets this distributed to them? What is the economics, the socioeconomic theory for this type of thing. Drum roll. You know what? I should have put a drum roll in the middle of that. <laughs> okay. What is it? Socialism. Socialism. Yes. AKA communism. That is correct. Now, you may say, well, it's a little different, but as I dug deeper, because I was saying, well, yeah, this is a, this basically is a socialist idea. Here comes homeboy who didn't work for Jack. He comes into town, he gets everybody else to get together, like, well, we can go, he's, he's, a, he's a leader, right, creating this whole thing. But he comes into town, and he gets food, having had not to work, having had not, and didn't have to work for it, and he got something for free from other people. And if you listen to the news lately, you know, you, you hear people say this about the, uh, uh, what are the democratic socialists and the rest of these people, and you know, and the other side is saying, nah, that ain't gonna work. Because you wanna raise my taxes up as far as you possibly can so that other people who didn't make what I made get this. That's one point. But it goes a little further because everything was sort of equally distributed. And here we go with, again, the socioeconomic theory of communism. And so as I went through the whole thing, I said, well, it's more of a communal thing. You know, kind of like Christians got together and they, they shared their things together and they sold their possessions to give to those. And I said, oh, snap. But then we dug a little deeper before we started doing this and talking. And we discovered, not really. Because what the believers were doing in the early church were they were, they were um, sharing things and taking care of those who were in need. 
And, uh, and it's been said over the years, well, Jesus was a socialist. People always try to make that because he, but mm, nice, close, but no cigar. Um, and then when you, you later on, you hear Paul and what Paul is saying, and as you and I were talking this morning, let's see if you get it right this time because you slept on it. What did Paul do for a living? He made tents. Yes, he was a tent maker, and like I said, I swore he was a tanner as well. I'm not sure at one point, but he made tents. Lydia, who traveled with him, she dyed clothes, so she had a business and did those things. So various believers did that. They, they The early church was working, well, like everybody works now, were working. So it wasn't like, you know, there was this whole big old thing, we're going to live in a commune, and we're just going to sit here, we're just going to love everybody. And it's just a whole bunch of love. Let's pass out some daisies. Would you like a little daisy? Yes. Like a little, oh, I have one in the car. It's dried up. You can have that one now. That's one not a daisy. That's a dandelion. It's a dandelion. I think. What difference does it make? It's a flower. Yes. What's saying kumbaya? Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Don't push me. I'm singing. Kumbaya. No more singing. <laughs> okay. So let's get back on track. So there's that. And it's 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 a different situation. I was about to say a different situation. It is a different situation. So when you talk about the communist model, as I was looking this up, I'm thinking, well, it's more of a commune. These guys are, you know, a, a more of a commune um, uh, example of them getting together and sharing. But the longer I dug into commune, I'm like, oh. Communes, the people that the communes were called, say it. Communists. Yes. But early on, they try to split themselves between that and say, we're a socialist. The only difference between the two, and I had the word, and I totally forgot what the word was, um, is with communism, it's not just a, what is a socioeconomic theory? It is the government at this particular point that says, we're going to take this and we're going to share it out to you. And they have total control of it. Where socialism came out of communism, which is basically communism light, which actually goes back to it. They're more of the commune type of people. We're just going to love and this is all just going to work out together. And we're just going to share, share, share. But they can't really divorce themselves from each other because it's exactly the same. It's the same system where something is being taken from people and then you take this all and put a little pot and you equally distribute it out to a lot of different people. And the issues that we find with this is, as you have learned in school yourself, come closer to the mic, if you've learned closer, if you've learned in school and I've learned in school, where when you try to do a model like that, in my undergrad years, um, the school I went to was, uh, I don't want to say unfortunate, but I was knee deep in Harlem, my campus, my undergrad school, my undergrad campus. And we had grades so low for a they few of my, curved it. thank you. They gave a curve, a bell curve, because grades were so bad. And on that curve, they took the people who had the highest scores. If you're not familiar how the bell curve works, 
The people who have the highest score, and you now average it out, the people who have the highest score, and then you break that down, you add, oh, crud, I can't even remember myself. And so what happens is whoever has the lowest score, they get a bump up to the point where they can pass. And those with the higher scores, well, we know we got the higher score, but it sort of levels it down so that everybody is where we are. I was an A student. Many things I got A pluses in. So in my classes, when the bell curve came, there was maybe, maybe fours pushing it. Three people that got the highest grades. One was always me and this other guy and one would be somebody else. So it was our grades that brought everyone else's grades up. And that kind of sucks for people like me. And I think that you, you were talking a few, like maybe a year or so where you had issues with school when it comes to discipline and everybody is paying a particular way. Now, and, and this for me, this was like me being disciplined because my score brought up everybody else's and I know the person next to me and I kid you not people and explain this phenomenon to me cheated on the test and still failed they cheated from the wrong person they cheated from the wrong person I had people come um, what did you get for so and so can you give me the answer I'm looking at them going heck no I'm not giving you jack number one work for I had to work for this and it was difficult trying to have a family you know you got your wife and six kids and trying to study and I'm going back to school after 20 years of being out going back to college my grades was hard for it I'm not going to give you the answers for you to get what I got mm -hmm. and they would get pissed off because a few of them who asked and I would say no and then other people stop asking like well he's never going to give you the answers you're totally correct and secondly, it was like, you know what? I got that kind of luck where I'd be the first person to give somebody the answer and then I get busted. And so now my grades are screwed up and my academic career hangs in the balance and nothing happens to them. I don't think I've ever cheated on a test. I've never cheated on a test, but I've said this before. I have, I have, <laughs> there has been one, one class where I took a test, what I not I took a test paper, where I took a research from the previous class and just added on to it, and there you go. I did that. I did that one class, only I one class. I did that with one of my friend's science papers. Right, so with you in school and dealing with that, um, I don't know if you, you have a story to share. No, I was like in the middle of the learning curve, so I was pretty much good. Well, not about the curve, but just dealing with where people are trying to level a field where the... Well, about the discipline thing. One time I had a stupid sub. Like, literally stupid. Like, this girl was about to pee on herself. And she was like, can I go to the bathroom? And he was like, no. What? So she got up and went to the bathroom because she was about to pee on herself. And so then she comes back and he's like, you're gonna be in trouble, and so we all get detention. Because he went, that's, I think, one of the dumbest things in school. Like, why did we have to ask to go to the bathroom? Like, I get it, because you don't want kids that just don't wanna do the work to be outside the classroom. But at the same time, it's like, if I have to use the bathroom, why am I gonna raise my hand in the middle of the lesson to disturb you, to ask you to go to the bathroom? 
Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't think that... I can't comment on the bathroom thing because I had issues. Maybe I'll tell you. Maybe I'll spend some time, but go ahead. Um, I think that there should be no learning curve. I think that for people who need to take oral tests and they need to just tell you the answers, that you should do that so that they can get a higher test for it. Or just help the students who are failing. It's that easy. Instead of putting time, like if somebody has an A plus and they come to ask you a question about something, as opposed to somebody who has a 20% in your class, why would you answer the person's question that has an A plus? They'll get it eventually. Mm-hmm. So the bell curve was an, was an issue for me in school where they were trying to make sure that everybody could pass and everybody could have this whole thing. And before I get back there, remind me where I'm going. The bathroom issue with me was, I need to use the bathroom. Now my mother made me, taught me how to walk the line and pay attention and do what's told of me. But I always got to the point where, listen, I need to use the bathroom. Well, you need to hold it. I need to use the bathroom. You need to hold it. I'm going to be leaving. And that's just me. Now, I never taught you kids to do that because I figured you naturally would do it. You know what? Actually, I did not. I think we started telling you guys, look, if you need to go to the bathroom, make sure that you ask the teacher because that's covering your behind. You ask the teacher if they refuse and you really need to go, then you just get up and go to the bathroom. We're not going to be mad at the teacher. They just went to the bathroom. Well, did they say they, they had to go? They told me that after I had that one drama teacher. I was like, well, I mean, it makes sense because he was a drama teacher. But anyway... He, what you trying to say he about claimed the to have a heart. He claimed to be having a heart attack, right? And sat in the doorway of the classroom. Maybe it was a panic attack. I don't know. But he was like yelling at everybody. There was like, I think there was a fight going on. Somebody threw a chair at each other. They were fighting, obviously. And he had the energy somehow in the middle of his so-called heart attack to dial nine one one on himself to call an ambulance, sitting in the middle of the doorway. And I really had to use the bathroom. But I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna leave because he's a teacher. You should probably just listen to whatever the teacher says, you know, unless it gets stupid, like real stupid. But then I got home and told my parents and they were like, um, you should have just left. Yeah. Um, when I was working, uh, the, the last job that I was just at, um, I know that I worked in like the customer service phone bank type thing. It wasn't a type thing, that's exactly what it is. I was trying to figure out what, what do you call it was customer service. And you know, it was, if you have to use the bathroom, make sure that you click the button and put on that you went to the bathroom or you had to ask to go to the bathroom, so-and-so. And I'm sitting there going, listen, I'm 57 years old. If I go to the bathroom, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I would frequently not ask. Somebody said, where are you going? I'll let somebody know, maybe the person who works next to me, I'll be right back and run to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I would click on because that's the whole point. Don't look for me. Don't send out nobody. Look, you're looking at the computer screen. It says right there where I went, restroom. Yeah. Or, Don't tie me. If Now, if I'm going for an hour, we got a problem. Then yeah. I probably got a bowel problem, which I really did it at work. So it's like, here it is. It says right here. I go to the bathroom. I come back. I click the computer, and it says that I time back in. I'm not going to ask you, as a grown adult, can I go to the bathroom? And I've seen people do that. Um, I'm going to go to the restroom, just go to the bathroom. Anyway, so enough of the bathroom thing. What? Um, going back to equality. Uh, it was in elementary school as well. There's so many fights, but, you know. School in the ghetto. That's how it goes. Living um, in the ghetto. I can't remember the song. 
Living, we are living in the ghetto. No, that's not the song, but go ahead, finish. I know that's not the song, but I just made that up. I had a different song. Anyway, one time in elementary school, I had to... Oh, there was another thing, and I got in trouble. But, you know, that teacher was just very annoying. Um, one time, I had to take down the morning attendance. Okay? So, I had to go to... Teacher's pet. The... Whatever. <laughs> My card was constantly on green. Constantly on green. Not once did it change except for this one day. Oh, whatever. Go on. I had to take down the attendance, but we had to go with partners back then. So we had to get lost or something like that. I don't know. But I had to go downstairs with another girl to the principal's office to take down the attendance and then come back up. And so we were supposed to go a certain way. And I did. Okay. And she went around another way. And so we were seen coming out from two different ways. And the teacher was like, why didn't you just go the same way? And even though I was right and the other girl was wrong, we still both got in trouble and our cards got turned from green to like orange or red. Ooh. That's really bad. Death Con 5. That's really you? bad. How, what, what bad is going to happen to you? I don't know. I guess if you get on a they like call your parents or something. Oh, whatever. But the point is, I got in trouble for something I didn't even do. So, yes. So, that system will eventually, like we saw in Portland, Oregon, Oregon, will eventually break down because, number one, someone is going to start saying, hey, this ain't fair. Or, B, because we quite naturally want to rise as leaders, we'll want to lead. And then it is what's going to happen after that. So, these systems never really last. They tend to break down because, first of all, they don't really make things equal. And a lot of times you can end up with a lot of more poverty, as we've seen in many communist countries and socialist countries and all the other things that, that go on. So, with the story, as I said, it could be a very, it could be a model of that. Where with, with communism, well, here it is, we're going to make everything equal. And they all shared in the food. Hold that thought. If you have any questions or comments, or you just want to say hello, you can reach us at tanthonybland at gmail.com. That is tanthonybland at gmail.com. We welcome it all. And if you happen to be on Anchor FM, you can just leave us a voice message. Either way, we love to hear from you. Oaxaca, Mexico. I want you to stick a pin in that thought right there and I'll get back to that because that's the only way I found a way to end this on a high note, so to speak, as we went down the rabbit hole of stone soup and the model for teaching socialism to our kids without actually knowing this. Now, you may say that's a stretch, but is it? Yes, the entire town got to share in this. And the entire town, even though 
Um, <laughs> remember the one with the one story watching? And <laughs> the person said, <laughs> I have a green pea. Yeah. <laughs> Just like one, just one string bean. <laughs> one string bean. I almost said, I have a kernel of corn. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be laughing, but it was like crazy. Like, what? <laughs> this person brought one piece of corn. One piece of corn. So not like the giant pot. Who's going to get that one corn? But I wanted the corn. Well, I want the corn. Give me the corn. I'll kill you. Give me the corn. It's like, really? This so. All right, so everybody comes together and they put this in here. And so most people, even if even, let's look at that example. Even in that example, one piece of corn, one green pea, a giant pot of water, some onions, and something else. If you're going to pour that into each person's bowl, can they equally get the same amount of corn? No. Absolutely not. It's a wonderful idea. Um, so... Like I said, I looked at that dissert with my twisted mind, thought about it again, and was saying, wow, it's not just sharing with other people. It's not just cooperating with other people, but you can also look at this another way where it is a small model of socialism. And that's where I went with that. And honestly, I lost my train of thoughts of what I was going to actually go into after that and um go ahead what do you got nothing come on man nothing I don't leave nothing. me hanging this was your story to be telling it was not my story to be telling it was going to be whatever so like wow so if you don't believe me go back yourself find a story and read it and then think about it now, I wholeheartedly believe um, the whole socioeconomic system. I had a few kids who studied this in school, and it's funny because now that they're a little bit older, they've been leaning so far to the other side of whatever you want to call it. But they found that capitalism has been a better model for lifting people out of poverty. Like in one of the stories, the entire town was poor, they didn't really have anything and so each person came together to put what they had and then that would be spread it out but what if they remain poor like one guy said well that's a different type of story he said you know if 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 whenever you want to you can make stone soup just bring what you have so what happens if the town always remained poor you then can what? just boil the stone you can <laughs> Just boil the stone and scrape some salt off some rocks. Exactly. There you go. You, hey, don't knock soup. I love soup, and you know why. It's simple. It's easy. Or you need some water. You got some vegetables. Throw some meat in there if you want. Like the one guy said, oh, this would be better with some chicken. I have a chicken wing. <laughs> go ahead and add your chicken, bro. Um, but for me, personally... I see where that type of thing sounds good, but it doesn't work out. From personal experience in other ways of where was my brain going right now? From personal experience in how, you know, it'd be nice if you was to help, help me. I am helping. You are helping. Help. I'm helping. Oh, oh, I got it. 
um, where the problem with that is that people think there's, there's going to be, in, you know, they want to create an equal outcome by doing that and making everybody on the same level and the same playing field, but it doesn't work because we're not all on the same level. We're not all on the same playing field. Some of us are clearly smarter than others. And some of us are going to be employees while others are going to be employers. And of course, you know, with the new people on the, on the block talking about, yeah, we need to get the, the workers uh, uh, united and the workers fight against y'all need to shut that up. And the people who want to hate all the millionaires when it's kind of like if you look at it, the feudal system with the kings, they're the ones with the company that supplies your paycheck, your health insurance, the health insurance for your family. That money that you've made has put the food on your table. And when you're out of work, it's going to give you some money in your unemployment. So how are you going to get mad at the people that have a lot of money to create a lot of jobs so that a lot of people can have these jobs? Let's put that aside and get back to what I was about to say, which was, if you have access to a certain thing, cool, let's create that. Let's make sure that everybody can get to public school, right? With the new school system, they try to make that so that everybody's learning the same thing. However, not everybody's going to have the same outcome. This probably makes sense to some of you, and some of you are probably saying, dude, you're confused and highfalutin. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, here's a family of seven, six, whatever it is, two parents and four kids. Did I just say four? Two parents and four kids. A family of six, two parents and, and four children. They had the same mother, the same father, all four and raised in the same home, with the same discipline, with the same food to eat, with the same access to the parents. Or do they have the same access to the parents? The one who was the oldest would have been around longer, so they have been around the parents a little bit longer. The one who was younger will probably have a little harder time getting to the parent because of there are three others before them. But as the other ones leave out, the younger one now moves into getting all of the attention because now the parents are right there giving them the attention. Let's go back and think about a little bit further. You've got four kids with the same upbringing. Then they grow up and have four different personalities. It's the same bloodline, the same mother and father. So even though you have that, you still don't have equal outcomes. One may be a lot wealthier than the other. The one may be really good in school and the other one just sucks at school and then, I don't know, waiting tables or something. So it's naturally within us that we're never going to be the same. And yet people have these theories, these, 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 these uh, economic and social theories that this is what's going to make everything the same. But does it really?
No. You know what? I, want, I just want to pluck you right now. Okay, let, okay. For, for instance, because this is getting very heady, and like I said, I wanted to find a way how I could make this lighter. I When I, when I started this, I just took it as a joke, but then as it kept going, it just, like I said, I went down a rabbit hole, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this story is, it's a little, uh, if you if you dig deeper, it, it would come, it would get to a point where it's a little crazy. So, you said that being the youngest, there's six before you're five before you, it was always harder to get to your parents. Yes. And because, you know, there was like a whole bunch of them engaging in mommy's time so that you couldn't get to her and a lot of other stuff. So, again, you're in the same house with the same parents. There's not the same equal outcome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, as I was digging for stone soup, I found that there's a Mexican version of stone soup. And it is in the town of, dang it, I forgot it. Whatever I told you guys to listen to and to remember. What's the name of the town? I don't know. I, I can't remember either. I have to hear it again or, or look at it again. Um, and it's funny because when I was looking this up, the person, uh, whatever, whatever article was saying about it, I said, you know what? You might think that this is that Hungarian story that's talking about, uh, is it depravity? Not depravity, yeah, about uh, my desperation. But this is about celebration. So in this town, in this area of Mexico, they have this tradition of stone soup. This is the part where you say, that's awesome. That's Tell me awesome. More. That's awesome. Tell me more. Tell me more. No, try that again. Try like you really mean it. That's awesome. Tell me more. Excellent job. I will tell you more, young grasshopper. In this town, um, they're celebrating, and so the stone soup is basically a fish soup. And it is cooked by putting a hot stone inside this bowl. Y'all go look this up. Y'all go look. Go look this up on YouTube, and you will see. It's quite fascinating. Um, I'm not a giant fan of a whole fish inside my bowl. <laughs> Growing up, I used to hang out with a lot of Jamaicans and there was this dish of fish head soup and it is exactly what you think it is. A head in a soup in a pot. Open a pot top, they go to the eyeball looking at you like this. Mm -hmm. You don't sound excited about this. A fish head floating in a pot. This should excite you. This should frighten you. Ah. There we go. Much better. Now do it with feeling. Once more with feeling. Ah. Okay, whatever. So in this town, they get together and they do this. And so there's just this hot stones that goes into the soup. And that hot stone begins to cook the fish and the vegetables in the soup. And now that is awesome. And it's kind of the same way, you know, when people get together and they do. But it's a tradition that's not based on kind of like the Hungarian thing. So there it is. I kind of made this subject a little lighter. I kind of made this episode just a little upbeat on the end out. On the end out? On the outer end. On, on the outer, on the ends of something. 
Um, I told you my brain was all over the place today, so this would seem a little bit scattered, but I think you got the point. Now, if you think that was twisted, come on back next week and see what we do with the three pigs. It would almost be obvious about the three pigs, um, but it isn't. I will give you a tip. It will be a little bit lighter subject, probably a little bit more funnier. I don't know. But yeah. So come back and see what we can do with the three pigs. Um, we're going to get out of here soon because we have some food to eat for lunch and then we're going to go on and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record a, a, another episode. I was trying to get these back to back because we're going to be going camping in a few weeks. I wanted to make sure that the episodes wouldn't be interrupted. And um, so, yeah, September is going to be interesting. We took a couple of personality tests. I took an Indianogram test, an Indianogram, an Indiagram, or whatever the heck gram you want to call it, test, and found that I'm a, what is that? A five, right? Mm -hmm. A five. And then last night I did the uh, 16 personalities and found out that I am a, uh, what's that? An architect. Yeah. And my job is, my role is um, analyst. And then I woke her up and told her to lie and wake her up. You were, you were already awake. I was about to tell him who you were, but I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not going to do that. And I told you to take that same thing. I, I may do the India thing. The India, the India. Oh my gosh, I'm done. See, it's been too long. I'm getting tired. Enneagram. Right. So. You took the 16 thing, and what did you get? Um, hold on. Really? Going to the videotape right now? I got the campaigner. Yes, but you didn't look at what your role is. You can go back and check that out. So she got the campaigner. Um, I bring this up because I was thinking about it would be a really, really good be a good idea for a show. So look for that coming out in the future. So um, we're going to get back to some of our outdoor things, which would have been added this week, but did not. Um, next week we have the three pigs. Followed by that, we're going to be doing a couple of phone interviews lined up. And so that's going to take that out as we are going back into starting the new school year and the new season of hiking and outdoor as the summer is now coming to a close. So come back next week. Let's have some fun together and uh, you get outside and go have some fun. Unless you're afraid to go outside. And if you do go outside, then I guess you could wear a mask. Um, uh, we, we should be responsible about telling people go outside or should we just say, yo, <laughs> you be responsible for yourself. Stay home. Yeah, okay. Because I want to go outside. What? Just kidding. Whatever. If you go outside, please wear a mask so I don't get sick. I'm wearing one. You should wear one too. Mm-hmm. You wearing a mask right now? No. They can get sick through the airwaves. Mm-hmm. <coughs> anyway, as Jesus says, love one another. Yes, please go out there and love one another because... I said it first. That will combat all the 
nonsense that's been going on. From, I know what from I'm from a distance. No, like like I was yeah. The thing I was thinking about before we started this was, um, you know, this weekend the president's brother died, and you have a bunch of knuckleheads on social media saying God got the wrong brother. It's like how black is your heart? I mean, like how deeply sick are you? You know, if it was the previous president, would you have said that? And they're going to say, no, blah, blah. You, you, there is no justification for it. Death is death. Whether it is covert, whether it's a friend, whether it's an enemy, whether it's a frenemy. You know, as, as Christians, we, we are definitely called to cry when other people are crying. Mourn when those who are mourning. Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. So um, if any of you are listening to this and you're engaging in that sort of talk, after hearing someone's brother die, listen, I'm going to just tell you straight up, shame on you. At any rate, like she said, get out there and what? Love each other from a distance. Oh my gosh, whatever. Say goodbye, kid. Bye.